Hey, this is Jeff Bond. Welcome to another edition of Chat with Leaders, where we're passionate about amplifying the voices of leaders who use their influence as a force for good. Today, I'm excited to share my chat with Carson Sweezy, an inspiring entrepreneur who loves to nourish lives and bring people together through his cookie gift box company, Sweezy Eats. Carson started his entrepreneurial venture amid the pandemic as a way to build community and to connect with the people in our lives. This was particularly important while we were all asked to remain socially distant at the height of the pandemic. I remember receiving one of his cookie gift boxes from Chris LaFay, with whom I originally founded this podcast several months ago. Not only were the cookies to die for, but it was really a nice surprise from Chris that showed that he cared about our working relationship. This is something that we can all do as leaders. So me and Carson chat about his story. He describes food as a way to empower us to be better humans influences in his life that led him to be a confident entrepreneur and launching a new business even during a down economy, and how he built his following, as well as what he learned about the power of simplicity through his business venture. As always, we'd be grateful if you could rate our podcast on your favorite podcast outlet and share this with a friend. All right, you ready? Let's jump into this chat with Carson Sweezy. Welcome to Chat with Leaders, Carson. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm so excited. I love what you've been doing during the pandemic, man. You're such a good guy, you know, nourishing people and spreading joy and happiness all across the country. And I was the proud recipient of one of your cookie packages from our friend Chris LaFay, one of the co-hosts here on the show. And man, they were good cookies. I'm glad you hear that. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, Chris sent you a box. And yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun, fun thing to do. Well, and here we are. It has connected us in, in more ways than anticipated. So so kudos to you. I know we're going to unpack the theme today of food being a vehicle for nourishing our mind, body, and soul, uh, which I really love. And I want to jump into my first question of how you would describe food as a language that can empower us to be better humans. Yeah. I love the way you phrase that too. Because the way I look at food is it's that ancestral language that we all share, right? It's one of those main drivers or it's connected to one of those main drivers of how to survive or how to further our existence as humans, right? I love the way you framed it as how does it challenge us or how does it ask us to be better humans, right? Better people. And I think in a simple way, it reminds us that we are all human and it's that bridge across different cultures, across different religions, across different nationalities, across different spoken languages. It's that one thing that we without a doubt, have in common, right? Like you go to someone's house and they feed you. If you're a stranger, when you got there, you're no longer a stranger once you have a meal, right? It's that thing that connects us. And I think what it is, is it just allows us to recognize that the other person is human, despite whatever differences we might have. It's that gentle reminder that, oh, you need this to survive too. And it's not just the food, it's the connection that comes with the meal and the physical connection, the social connection, the spiritual connection. So it's such a beautiful thing. And everyone loves food too, right? Like we all understand that that's what it is. It's that connection between us. I love that. Yeah, especially the connection between ancestral and the fact that we all need it for survival, but the way that it connects us in so many ways, more than just the transaction itself of eating and giving and serving, but to actually relate as humans to that. It's such a beautiful picture that you paint. And really, I took it from your website because you do a great job at sharing that kind of meaning behind food that sometimes we just don't think about. And I was curious what influences earlier in your life kind of led you into this love for food and your journey into entrepreneurship as the founder of your business, Sweet Eats. 
a number of things. The first one that I they always think about is the Food Network because I'm a product of the 90s and Food Network was like the TV station mm. for anyone who loved food or otherwise just good entertainment in the 90s. You know, they had so many amazing chefs on there. Uh, it was kind of pre-reality days. The only real reality show maybe was Iron Chef original, mm. you know, the, J- the Japanese version. And just watching the chefs cook on TV, I was sort of just drawn to that from a very young age. And with that, would often watch with siblings and then I would try to cook for them, you know, whether things I saw on TV or just basic grilled cheeses and quesadillas and growing up with three siblings and, you know, relatives, they really encouraged that cooking. And that gave me so much excitement because it's something we could do together. It, it was something that did bring that connection in, you know, in, in, at such a young age, like it drew me in, in such a deep way that I think those two main things was the family and, and the food network. I love the aspect of what you said about encouragement and them embracing that passion that they saw in you. And I think that's incredibly important for parents, particularly to steward that with their children, to help them understand who they are, whose they are, empower them to really use their unique giftedness in a way that combines passion and purpose. And it seems like that's what you've really done with starting your business. Uh, Were your siblings also into cooking or anybody else in the family passionate about like you? You know, I think my brother would say otherwise, but I don't remember as a kid them being as passionate about the cooking aspect. Definitely baking. Baking's always been kind of a family tradition with my grandma and my mom. Um, And then my dad and my granddad cooked more, but it's certainly become like the family pastime. Everyone in, in my family cooks. Both my sisters cook often. My brother has worked in restaurants, has sous chefed. My mom loves to entertain. I say that I, I learned how to cook from the Food Network, but I learned how to entertain and to really nourish people for my mom because she really, mm-hmm. she has that Southern hospitality feel and knows mm-hmm. how to entertain guests and make them feel welcomed. I love the entertainment, nourishment and hospitality. And yeah, again, that full circle aspect of what food really means to bring us together. So why did you feel in this time? So you started this during the pandemic, right? It was late 2020, I think, September-ish, if I'm not mistaken. So why did you feel it was important to build and strengthen community through the cookie gift boxes amidst the pandemic and everything kind of going on at that time? Obviously, we can all relate to how difficult it is or was and continues to be at times to connect with people, right? Even just sometimes people that live near us. And something about the cookies, beyond the fact that they could travel and go anywhere, we all have memories associated with cookies. Like It's something that is familiar to us. And with so much nuance or unfamiliarity during the pandemic, I think having something that we can all relate to, like, oh, cookies, you know, grandma used to make those, or I used to make them with my grandma. We used to enjoy them over the holidays. It has that familiar feel, but then also the physicality. So you can, in a way, have a physical connection with someone else, right? Maybe not with mm-hmm. two bodies, but with some kind of transfer of a physical thing, right? Like cookies beyond just getting on a Zoom call or uh, you know a FaceTime, it's it has that physicality to it. So I think that really interested me. From you know we, we almost started on a whim. I was gifting friends these, and then people kept asking for them. So it just kind of snowballed, and then I started realizing, honestly, from stats, I would see our shipping stats, and it would say how many miles the cookies traveled or how many miles the boxes traveled. And the first couple of months, it was like 75,000 miles. I was like, that is like, I, it felt like I was traveling with the cookies and being able to connect with my friends that lived across the country. And then mm-hmm. people that were gifting them to their friends, it was similar. You know, they're in a way able to travel in a time that was, that made travel impossible. So 
I love that. 75,000 miles in the first two months. That must have been uh, pretty thrilling. And and I know that you already had a passion for cooking, but it, it definitely seemed like you had a purpose for this. And you started selling the heck out of them pretty quickly, right? The first cookie was a pumpkin spice thing. And that just does it. I think Starbucks did anyone that has a pumpkin treat favors by <laughs> creating a market for it. But I'm I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, we have, we have lots of stories around pumpkin spice and the importance of that cookie in particular. But it was a fun thing to like more energy, right? Not just a, a cookie, but fall and, you know, in the pandemic, the fall, the first fall of the pandemic and these pumpkin spice mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookies, it just, it had a, a good recipe for yeah. gifting. And here we are a year later and it's pumpkin spice season again. It's coming up on that. So time to get the oven fired up for some pumpkin spice cookies again. And I'll certainly be ordering, man. That's uh, mm-hmm. That's great. We are going to take a quick break for this message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Inspire EDU, a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org. And now back to our chat. What I think about in terms of how you became kind of this, I would call you a social entrepreneur and, and really focused on bringing people together, something that doesn't really sit with me well or never did was this whole idea of social distancing when we can be more intentional about being socially, spiritually connected, even amid physical distancing that we face during this time. And I don't know if that's kind of been the way you thought about it, but the way that your cookies kind of bridge that connection and show up for people and actually help cultivate and nurture relationships. I think that's really remarkable the way that you've done that. And it shows great application to leadership in any organization about how we are more intentional in the way that we connect with people, even when this is a new normal and we're not used to this idea of Zoom all the time and social distancing or physical distancing, which I wish they would have used. Do you agree with that? Is that, is that something that you felt through this experience? I love the take on it. Yeah. You're saying like the framing of it as social distancing just creates a further divide, right? Without yeah, love to dive in deeper to it. Like, how would you maybe frame it differently in a way? Or how have you done it differently framing that? Well, I would say that even before the pandemic, we were socially disconnected because we have all these ways that we communicate with people that aren't really that sincere. We might shoot a quick text or an email or we might like their uh, LinkedIn or Facebook posts, but it really isn't a genuine gesture to say, hey, you know, I care about you or you know, I'm here for you, or I want to intentionally connect and know what's going on in your life and have compassion. And so I think just like those gestures that go beyond the normal kind of exchange of pleasantries, I think is really unique in leadership and in the way that we just are humans with one another these days. Yeah, I love how you put that. It's interesting how many things the pandemic sort of exponentially furthered or you know, things that were already a trend. Uh, You can think of remote work or something like that, where it was a trend and growing pretty rapidly. And then COVID hits and it's overnight, just, you know, hockey stick change. And yeah, social distancing too, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And something I've been really drawn to with the food, you know, I studied media communications and 
it was a lot on how the media or medium we use affects the way we communicate, right? And I see food as that medium for connection because it has that physical element and it's tied to something so historic, you know, it, it gets us away from the screen. Ironically, you know, we do a lot of Instagram posting, but still in a way, I think because it's food, it's looking at something that is a bit more natural or has those familiar feelings. And I, I do agree that us as, you know, people trying to create something with people or for our communities, we do need to look at how we can frame social distancing. How can that, like that should be one of the central tenets for many organizations, right? Whether it's social enterprise or just creating content or running a traditional business. It's like, that's the challenge that we're faced with, right? In, in modern society. I agree. Yeah. And, and everyone has a story and everyone has something that they're going through. And, and, and I'm not calling social media media as a whole inherently bad. I think there's some good things to it. Obviously, you've used LinkedIn and or uh, Instagram, as you mentioned, as a great way to cultivate community, raise awareness that has led to orders coming in for your your products. And I'm assuming that's been one of your your top ways of spreading the word through this experience. Yeah, Instagram's been huge. And you know, before the the cookie business came, I was doing a lot of caterings and posting recipe videos, and so had developed a bit of a community and the cookies came out. And I guess if you're posting food videos for five years and, you know, the generic, if you can think of the generic message to, you know, a good looking meal on Instagram, it's, oh, I want that, right? There's something to that effect of <laughs> that looks good. And then you offer something where people can connect with it. That was exciting to me. And, you know, some of my friends too, just being able to offer something that was a bit more shelf-stable than like a burrito taco that can't quite be shipped that you have to experience in my house or something, you know? Well, they're very engaging, man. You do a great job at just connecting authentically. You know, you seem like you're just yourself, right? You're not putting on an affront. You're not trying to put out content that's scripted. You know, you really just show up authentically and you show your product and it definitely makes me want cookies whenever I see it. And and all the other food that you posted about too, it's a great Instagram feed. So we talked a little bit about this last time in leadership about the power of simplicity. And so you talked about how through this experience, you really learned how important simplicity is. So talk to me a little bit about how you think... Uh, in terms of simplicity being beneficial for entrepreneurs and business leaders, that might be good things for them to consider today. Yeah. You know, going back to some of that distancing that we have that we're faced with, I think as an entrepreneur or any creative person, it can be a real challenge to understand what or how to create the vision that you have in your head, right? Even for a one-off project or uh, like a painting, even like just finding the focus to spend the time to do the thing, right? Whether it's brainstorming or actually doing it. And I think that's always been the challenge with creatives and entrepreneurs, but with all the distractions, potential distractions, if we don't use them in the right way, it becomes challenging, right? So for me, I found the simplicity in the business to be sort of the box, right? Like if we think of creating outside of the box, well, how do you create outside the box if there's no box to start with? Where do you even begin? Hmm. And so simplicity can give the structure. If we're doing a cookie business, as the example, <laughs> then that's sort of the framework, right? That's the, the box that we're thinking of. But then to think outside of the box, what can we do beyond that, right? And also, if that's the main thing, we don't need to worry about that. Like that doesn't have to be questioned the cookies are fairly straightforward. It's a recipe. You mix the things together, right? Those are constant. The variable is how many. And that allows us to do fun, creative events and put that creative bandwidth to work elsewhere to bring people together. 
because the product is simple. So uh, I've kind of talked around it in a, in a few different ways, but that's really, I think, if you can simplify the business part of it, and you know, I'm sure many different entrepreneurs have different strengths and stuff, and maybe complicated businesses would work better for them. But for me, I just needed something simple because I want to create all these other ways to connect. So simplifying the business was super helpful. Mm, I love it. And it's so much more than cookies. And, and it's almost like an unfair advantage for you because you have a literal box in addition to your figurative box that you can actually work that analogy around. So kudos to you for looking at it that way. Carson, it's been such a pleasure to have you on, man. If people wanted to learn more about your leadership, follow your business, your Instagram feed, where would you direct them online? Yeah, our website's sweezy.com. You can peruse and social links are on there. The Instagram handles at Carson Sweezy. So C-A-R-S-O-N-S-W-E-E-Z-Y. And feel free to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram or any of those channels as well. Yeah, and we will be posting those resources on our website, chatwithleaders.com in the show notes. And just warning to everybody, you will be hungry after you follow those feeds. So uh, just word of the wise, but that's okay because they're great cookies. Carson, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was such a pleasure. I really value your social entrepreneurship, the way you connect people and the ideas of simplicity that you shared with us today. I think these are really good sage words of wisdom that that we can go and take action on today. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you. It's been great to chat. And uh, yeah, I love the perspective you have on on leadership and, and how we can be better leaders. So yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. Hey, this is Jeff Bond. And thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.